0: All right, everybody. I want to say a quick welcome to other churches doing a God of the Underdog series across uh, the United States of America, or even in other nations of the world. Welcome to all of you. We are so privileged uh, that you are with us this weekend. Welcome, also anybody watching in an overflow service. Just pumped that you are with us as well here in Southwest Florida. Well, here in Next Level Church in Southwest Florida, we have a huge, huge honor and privilege this weekend because my dear friend, Pastor Herbert Cooper, is going to be with us and is with us in uh, this weekend in all of our services. And so we're just excited that. He is here, Pastor Herbert and his wife Tiffany, who is also here as well, uh, have just become great friends of Sarah and I, my wife and I, and uh, we just count them friends. We have much in common with them, not the least of which, I'll give you this little fun fact, is that their church, People's Church in Oklahoma City, was born on the very same day... May the t- 12th, 2002, that Next Level Church was born. So we launched our churches on the exact same day, Mother's Day, 2002. And so, you guys, I'm so honored and privileged to have Pastor Herbert with us. Without further ado, come on, would you guys put your hands together? together give a great Next Level Church welcome, Pastor Herbert Cooper.
1: Thanks, Matt, man. Love Well, it is a huge honor just to be here. At Next Level Church, man, and God is just doing some special things here. And God of the underdogs, our church is in the series God of the Underdogs right now. And we're announcing this weekend for our church to buy the book. I've been reading the book, preaching the messages at our church, buying books that I ask... I asked your pastor to sign books for my staff. Come on, he's going to sign them. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about? Sign my books. So I'm excited about that and what God is doing. And I want you to know something. I, I don't just say this lightly, but, man, you're blessed with, with great leadership with Matt and Sarah. And what, what God is doing here is really unbelievable. I just walked around and toured and saw everything. And what the Lord is doing is just, it's just remarkable. And, and it's just a real honor for me to call them friends and to see all that God is doing here at Next Level Church. Don't ever take for granted the lives that are being changed here at Next Level Church. It can, get, you, it can be such a habit that you just start thinking it's no big deal at all. What God is doing here is special, protected. Keep the unity, guard it, lift your leaders up. Come on, come on. Can you thank the Lord right now for what he's doing in this house? Unbelievable, unbelievable. I've got my bride with me, my baby with me, my wife with me. And we've been married uh, over 15 years, working on 16 years in a a few months from now. And I I love her with all of my heart. And I call my wife because she's the love of my life. She's the barbecue sauce on my ribs. (laughs) She's the jelly on my toast. She's the butter on my popcorn. She's the gravy on my biscuits. The hot sauce on my chitlins. You don't know about chitlins around here in Southwest Florida, do you? You don't know nothing about chitlins. But I love my wife, man, my girlfriend. And we've got four precious kids. We've got a nine-year-old little boy, an eight-year-old little boy, a seven-year-old little boy. uh, No, a little girl. I got a little girl in there, a little girl. And we got a five-year-old little boy. At one time, we had four kids, five and under. Nobody was adopted. <laughs> Pray for me. My wife can't keep her hands off this dark chocolate. I need prayer. I need prayer. I'm moving on, man. I'm moving on, man. I'm moving right along. Get to the message right now. I want to talk to you for the next few moments about dreams as we look at potential and God sees our potential. I want to talk to you about dream big, dream bigger, dream bigger, dream bigger for, for the next few moments. And if you have a Bible or a, a, a smartphone and you can turn with me into God's word or pull it up on your smartphone, you can look with me in Genesis chapter 37. I'm going to be there momentarily. And I want to talk to you about dreams and dreaming bigger. And there are all types of dreams. We all have dreams and uh, different things that we dream about. And I like to say that they're or what I call first category of dreams is what I call daydreaming. And you know, we all can just sit back and just daydream and just just think about different things and, and dream about all kind of things. And I, I say that daydreams are, are dreams that we have that could happen, but they probably won't. <laughs> a daydream. Like, like you know, you can sit around, and you daydream that you're gonna be a famous actress. <laughs> Julia Roberts. Leading actress that you make $20 million every time you act. Or like me, I'm going to be the next Denzel Washington. <laughs> leading actor every time I act $20 million. I mean, that that's a dream that, that could happen, but probably won't. <laughs> and then I like to say that there are what I call pipe dreams. Now, a pipe dream is different than a daydream. You see, a, a pipe dream is a dream that, that you have that, you can pray about it. You can believe it. You can hope for it, but it will never happen. Never happen. It's not possible. Like, for instance, my four kids, they like to go outside with daddy. And I like to play basketball with daddy. We have a goal outside, and we go outside, and I play basketball. And I don't care that my kids are little. I'm going to own them. I dominate them. Bring it on. <laughs> yep. Get it out of here. Get, I'm not, it's on. I'm, I'm going to win the basketball game, you know. But I have these pipe dreams sometimes. I get the basketball And it's Herbert Cooper playing professional basketball, playing for the Oklahoma City Thunder against the Miami Heat. (laughs) In game seven, five seconds left in the game, Kevin Durant passes the ball to Herbert Cooper. I got the ball. I dribble past Dwayne Wade. What's up? It's me and LeBron one-on-one. Three, two, one. Fade away jumper over LeBron. Swish. (laughs) We win the NBA championship on my jump shot. That's a pipe dream. (laughs) That's, That's never happening. I'm 38 years old. I can't even dunk a basketball. That's a pipe dream. Listen, sir, that's a pipe dream for you too. Come on, my brother, you're five foot five with a three inch vertical, that's a pipe dream. You know, some lady says, well, I got a dream, I got a dream, I'm gonna be the next Miss America. I'm beautiful, I'm gorgeous, but baby, you're 52. (laughs) The age cutoff limit is 21. That's a pipe dream, that's a pipe dream. Daydreams, pipe dreams. Then I like to say there are scary dreams. How many ever had a scary dream before? <laughs> yes, yeah, scary dreams. My, my wife has these scary dreams, and she'll, she'll she's moaning in her sleep and gets all scared, and she'll wake up the next morning, and, you know, she'll tell me, I had this dream, Herbert, I had this dream, and this guy was chasing me. And it was so real to her. The next morning, she's like, I'm, I'm, I'm sore. I'm tense, because she was running in her dream, and screaming. and my wife, you know, I hate to tell you this, but she... She actually one of those people that every once in a while she'll moan in her dreams. You know what I mean? I'll be sleeping and look.
0: Come
1: on. Because somebody's chasing her. How many of you, come on, come on, how many of you have ever seen one of those movies back in the day, Friday the 13th? Anybody come on? Come on. Come on. Anybody come on? Come on. Come on where are you? Where are you? Friday, Friday the 13th. Come on, how many of you, be honest with me, how many of you every Friday the 13th, you think about Jason? Come on, where are you? I wanna know where you are. Yeah, you think about Jason. Jason in the movies Friday the 13th, he's always chasing some young chick about 19, 20 years old and she's always a white chick. Don't be hating on the brother, I'm just telling you how the movie goes. So she's always a white chick and she's running in the forest from Jason. And she's running and Jason is chasing her. Kick, 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 kick. He's got the hockey mask going, kick, kick, And the chick's running and she's screaming. And all of a sudden, the chick falls down. And Jason comes and he slices her up. And the brother thinks that trash is not real. A black man's not falling. If Jason's chasing him, I'm not falling. And if I do, I got a gack. Pow, pow. It's over, my brother. It's over. Don't run up on a brother like that. It is over. Dreams, 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 dreams. What I want to talk to you today about is, let me share with you the first thought. The first thought is this dream's. Get a dream from God. Get a dream from God. The Bible says it's about Joseph in Genesis chapter 37 and verse number 5. It said, Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, notice this, they hated him all the more. They did not see his potential and hated him all the more. Joseph was a true underdog. And what I want you to understand about Joseph is Joseph didn't just have any old dream. He didn't have a daydream. He did not have a pipe dream. He did not have a scary dream. Joseph had a dream from God. Next level, church, can I tell you what we all desperately need is a dream from God for our lives? Can I tell you that a dream from God... It gives us hope. It gives us inspiration. It gives us, it, it gives us direction for our life. When we're going through the valleys and when we're going through the trials and when we're going through tribulation, can I tell you that a dream from God is something that we can hold on to, that hope we can hold on to. We all need a dream from God for our lives. And I want to encourage you with this. Next level church, it's okay to dream big dreams for God. Big dreams. Can I tell you this dream that Joseph had was not some small little dream. This 17-year-old teenager had a huge dream from God. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 37 that Joseph had two, two different dreams. The first dream was this, that he dreamed that his, his bundle of grain stood tall and his brother's bundle of grain bowed down before his. Then he had a second dream in Genesis chapter 37. He dreamed that the sun and the moon and the 11 stars bowed down before him. That would be his father, his mother, and his 11 brothers all bowed down before him. Joseph had this huge dream that one day he was going to be a powerful leader. He was going to have influence. One day, God was going to use him as a powerful, influential, strong leader. He was dreaming big dreams. And I want to encourage you today. It's okay to dream big dreams. You know what oftentimes happens? God sees our potential. God wants to do big things in and through our lives. And oftentimes, you and I can limit our potential. We can limit what God wants to do in and through us because we think too small. We dream too small. God wants to do so much more in you and through you. And we can limit it because we think and dream too small. You got to get a dream from God. It's okay to dream big. There's a second thought I want to share with you today about dreams, dreams, dreams. Number two is this, details rarely accompany dreams they rarely accompany dreams the scripture says this about joseph it says he had a dream and this dream of being a leader this dream of being an influencer this dream of being a powerful leader one day and can i tell you something about joseph he didn't know how it was going to happen he didn't know where it was going to happen he didn't know when It was going to happen. He had this huge dream from God, but he had no details at all. You know something that I learned about our Heavenly Father is oftentimes God will give us a dream, but won't give us all the details, if any, at all. Can I tell you, that's how God has always worked in my life. And that's been one of the most difficult things for me to grow in in my own walk with the Lord is this whole thing that God gives me a dream and doesn't give me the details on how the dream is going to come to pass. This messes with me. Let let me talk to you a little bit about about how I'm wired. Some of you can relate to me. I'm a a planner by nature. I'm cautious. I'm methodical. Listen, I want everything planned out. My wife, She's spontaneous. You go to my wife and say, Hey, Tiffany, Hey, you guys are going to go on a vacation in 30 days. And, and 30 days from now, she's, Oh, great. We'll get it planned. We're going to go on a vacation. Not me. No, you don't come to me about no 30 days. We're going to go on a vacation. <laughs> I need at least, I need at least, I need at least 90 days or I prefer six months. Cause I need to know how we're going to get there. What, what route we are taking, how much money is it going to cost? When we coming back? Anybody know what I'm talking about? I got to plan this whole thing out, man. I need time. I need time. Can I, 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 actually, I'm OCD. I got problems. <laughs> I got issues. I plan out everything. I've been working on next year's calendar since months ago. I've been working on next year's speaking calendar, speaking out, and, and writing, and series. And I've been working on next year for several months already. Matter of fact, I, I've got so many issues, I actually go to the barber shop every December, and I plan out all of my haircuts for an entire year. <laughs> now, some of you, that's not that big of a deal. You're saying, well, what's the big deal? Because you only, you know, you have that long, flowing, straight hair. And you get it done, you know, every six weeks, eight weeks, every twelve weeks. We'll see what I'm wearing. Come on, everybody shout fade. Somebody, somebody say fade. Yeah, this is called a fade. Is what I'm wearing. This is a fade. <laughs> I got to get my hair cut every single week. That means when I go in the barber shop in December, I got to plan out 52 haircuts. Do you remember I got a nine-year-old, an eight-year-old, a seven-year-old, and a five-year-old? And I got basketball games and football games and soccer practice and ballet recitals, and I got a pat on my
0: haircuts.
1: <laughs> I got
0: issues.
1: <laughs> and then all of a sudden, God shows up, and he gives me a dream. And God spoke to my wife and I in 2001 about starting a church. And... It was a dream we had. It was in April of 2001 this dream of people's church was birthed. And we were unqualified. We were underdogs. I was 25 at the time when God spoke to us. My wife was 23. I had never pastored a church before. I had never even been on staff at a church before. You say you must have grew up in a pastor's home. Not at all. <laughs> far far from it had no experience at all and god placed a dream in our hearts and had no clue what we were doing and our my story is a lot like your pastor's story we started our church on mother's day and nobody in the world starts a church on mother's day besides me and your pastor because <laughs> nobody goes to a new church on mother's day they go to their mama's church come on but we were underdogs I mean, you know come on you me and you're underdogs We started our church on Mother's Day and 65 people showed up. And I can remember a couple of years into the journey, we were looking to buy our first piece of property and now we're in two locations and we'll soon to be three locations. I love what you're doing with your multi-site, man. God is in it. More lives are going to be changed in Southwest Florida because of your expansion and what you are doing for the kingdom of God. Come on, everybody say "More more changed lives. And we got ready to Buy this piece of property, and I'll never forget thinking to myself, "God, how's this going to work out? How are we going to build it? How are we going to pay for it? What if nobody shows up?" And I can remember thinking that in my mind. And matter of fact, because I'm such a planner, you know what happened to me? I started having heart issues. I'm 28, 29 years old. I'm having tightness of chest. I'm dizzy. I'm not breathing well. <laughs> I'm so dizzy one Sunday, I have to preach sitting down on a stool because I'm trying to figure out the details. I'm trying to figure how's it all going to work. One morning, it was about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, I woke up, and I just knew I was having a heart attack. And I rolled over, and I said to my wife, here I am, 29 years old, rolling over and saying, Hey, babe, and I'm kind of one of those men, you know what I mean? Never let them see you sweat kind of men, you know what I mean? Everything's okay, even when it's not okay. Like, it's, it's good. And so I told my wife, I said, hey, babe, hey, babe, I'm having some chest pains, but everything's okay. Everything's okay. I said, yeah, I'm, I'm having a few chest pains. I'm just going to drive myself to the hospital, but everything's fine. Everything's fine. You know what my precious wife did? True story. My wife looked over at me and said, okay. <laughs> and a had to drive himself to the heart hospital. What is up? And I drove myself to the heart hospital. And how many know they put you in these gowns? I know some of you work in the medical field. God bless love all of you. But what's up with these gowns? You know what I mean? What's up? Come on. Help a brother out. Never mind. Let me move on. And they put me on the table. They hook me up to the machines. They run the test and they say, Mr. Cooper, you're not having a heart attack, but you are having a stress attack. You're carrying too much stress. You're having a panic attack and you're having symptoms of a heart attack because of the stress. And do you know what I learned through that season? You know what I learned? I learned Psalms chapter 37 and verse number 23. The righteous man, the righteous woman's steps are ordered by the Lord. Come on, everybody say steps. You know what I like to do? You know what you like to do? We want God to lead us in leaps. God, lead me to my destiny. God, I know you want me to get married. Who am I going to marry five years from now? Lord, I know you want me to start the company, but I want to know, like, look, all the plans, like now, 10 years. I want 10 years worth of plans. God, 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 I, I, know, I know I'm supposed to retire. God, I, I need the plans. I, I want to know how I'm going to retire right now, this week, Lord, all the retirement money. And we want God to leap us to our, our destiny. And you know what God says? God said, Herbert, I never told you I'd give you all the plans and the details. I never said I'll give you the next 10 years. But you know what? I'm always faithful to do is to give you the next step, the righteous man woman steps, their steps. They're steps. And what some of you need to know today, you're, you're an underdog. You're wondering, man, do I have what it takes? Do I have the potential? God says, you got the potential, but all you need to do is you need to take the next step. And we took the next step and we built that building. We moved in that building. God bless. Lives were changed. And then we started another location. Lives were changed. But it all happened by just taking the next step because you're heavenly father will give you a big dream, and oftentimes, he won't give you all the details. Number three is this. There's a third thing. There's a third thing I want you to see today, and that is this. Number three, adversity stands between you and your dream. Adversity. When you study the life of Joseph, it's so interesting, the adversity he went through. The Bible says at the age of 17, he had this dream, and his, his brothers who did not believe in his potential, the Bible says that they sold him into slavery, his own brothers. And the Bible says because of this dream, he was sold into slavery. He experienced adversity because of his dream. Then he ends up at Potiphar's house, a, a, a leader in, 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 in the country, and, and he's there in Potiphar's house in Egypt. And, and the Bible says that he was falsely accused of a crime, and he was thrown in prison. He's just being faithful. He's just taking the next step and adversity comes because adversity always stands between you and your dream. And and then the Bible says, this is so interesting in Genesis chapter 40, it says that Joseph was in the prison and he's just been faithful. He's, he's taking care of the chores in the prison. And the Bible says one day he interprets two men's dreams and he tells one of them, the chief cupbearer. He says, listen, you're going to get restored back to your position. And when you get back to Pharaoh, please tell him, I should not be here. Please tell him, I haven't done anything wrong. Get me out of this place. And the scripture says this, when the cupbearer got restored back to his position, the Bible says he forgot about Joseph. He didn't see his potential. He just, uh, he just needs to stay in the prison. And he just totally forgot about Joseph. And, and can I tell you, adversity, adversity. The interesting thing about the story of Joseph is he had this big dream from God. And it was 13 years later before he ever began to see the dream come to pass. 13 years later because adversity will always stand between you and your dream. And you're here and you're saying, Pastor, Herbert, I'm an underdog and I got this dream from God and I'm going through trouble. I'm going through trials. And you know what happens when we go through trouble and we go through trials is sometimes we start to think I must be out of God's will. But can I tell you, sometimes you're smack dab in the middle of God's will and you find yourself falsely accused. You find yourself thrown in the prison. You find yourself with people forgetting about you and not believing in the potential that God's placed inside of you. And you have to realize this. That adversity always stands between you and your dream. Is there anybody going through a little adversity right now? Come on, anybody, anybody. Adversity always stands between you and the dream that God has given you. Number four is this. Number four, there's a fourth thought I want to share with you about dreams, about dreams, about dreams. Number four is this temptation stands between you and your dream temptation stands between you and your dream i want us to look at genesis chapter 39 and verse number six it says so he left in joseph's care everything he had with joseph in charge he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate and now Joseph, in this portion of scripture, he is in Potiphar's house. He's been sold into slavery, and now he's in Potiphar's house. And the Bible goes on to say this about Joseph. Now Joseph, in verse number 6, was well-built and handsome. Some of you ladies would say he was good-looking. He was fine. <laughs> he was well-built and, and handsome. And, and, and after a while, his master's wife, wife took notice Of Joseph she took notice of Joseph the scripture says it's about Joseph on several occasions it says that the Lord was with Joseph the Lord was with Joseph and in other words the favor of God was on Joseph's life and here's what I want you to know when you're following following hard after God and you're honoring God with your life and the favor of God is on your life you might not like your current situation You're you're an underdog right now, but I want you to know that when the favor of God is on your life, the enemy always takes notice of you. And she took notice of Joseph. There was something on Joseph's life, and she took notice of him. And the Bible goes on to say in verse number 7 that she said, and she said, come to bed with me. Come to bed with me. In Oklahoma, we call that the direct approach. Moving right along, um, verse number eight says, but he refused with me in charge. He told her my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God, And though she spoke to Joseph day after day. You know something very interesting about temptation is temptation comes day after day after day. Perhaps you just crossed the line of faith and just gave your life to Christ. And you're new to following God and the the things of God. And i tell you that temptation will come day after day after day. Perhaps you're a veteran in this thing called following after Jesus. And maybe you've been serving God for 20 and 30 and 40 years. Can I tell you that temptation will come day after day after? After day, And the scripture says, Joe, she spoke to Joseph day after day, but it goes on to say, but he refused. He refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. In-, In other words, he didn't even entertain. He says, man, I'm not, I refuse to even be around you. He didn't even entertain the idea. In other words, he didn't text her. Hey, Potiphar's wife, I'm busy today. Maybe we'll talk tomorrow. Smiley face. (laughs) No, no, he didn't even entertain it. Verse 11 says, one day he went into the house to attend his duties, and none of the household servants was inside. She caught him by his cloak and said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. Come on, everybody shout. Everybody shout. Run, baby, run. Oh, I didn't hear you. Come on, everybody shout, run, baby, run. Run, baby, run. Oh, yeah, when temptation comes, don't play with it. Don't mess around with it. Don't entertain it. Run, baby, run. You see, temptation will always stand between you and your dream. And if you give into to temptation and you start living a life of sin, can I tell you that it can hinder and even stop the dream that God has for your life from coming to pass. And Joseph, when he encountered temptation, he ran from it. And no doubt about it, it was a catalyst that set up this underdog to see his dream from God come to pass. There's a fifth thing I want you to see, a fifth thing. Number five is this, is, is your dream should always be connected to god's purpose friends can i can i tell you that joseph's dream was connected to god's purpose i want to show you this in genesis chapter 50 and verse number 20 joseph said to his brothers let me paint the picture his brothers that threw him wanted to kill him and then sold him into slavery now they're connected with joseph again in egypt and he the dreams come to pass he's the leader He's the ruler over them. And their father has just died. And they think because dad is out the picture, Joseph may retaliate. Joseph may get even with us for what we did to him years ago. And Joseph says to his brothers in Genesis 50 verse 20, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done. The saving of many lives. You see, God's dream for our life is always connected to his purpose, and that's the saving of many lives. You see, God is all about more changed lives. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 9 lets us know that the only reason that God has not sent back his son Jesus for his church, for the bride, the second coming of the Lord, the only reason he has not sent back Jesus it's because he wants more people to come to faith in Christ. That's the only reason, It's for more changed lives. And Joseph says this, jo- don't, don't, don't miss this, Joseph says this, the dream that I had when I was 17 years old, this big old dream that I had, let me tell you what it was all about. It wasn't about me. It's not about me being a powerful leader. It's not about me having this great influence. That dream was all about this, the saving of many lives and the dream that god has given you for your marriage yeah you need a healthy marriage but it's also about the saving of many lives you're raising up world changer kids or grandkids can i tell you yes you want to invest in them teach them spiritually for their own life but it's also about god using them to see more changed lives the career field God has you, and he has you there for a specific reason, to be the light of the world, to, to see more changed lives. God has given some of you businesses and, 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 and financial means, and it's not just for you, but it's for more changed lives. And Joseph understood something that we all must understand. God gives us big, big dreams, and it's always about the saving. Of many lives. I close with number six. There's a sixth thing that I want us to see about dreams, and that is this beware of dream killers. Beware of dream killers. Notice this in Genesis 37 and verse 17. It says, So Joseph went after his brothers. This is before, this is when he was 17. He had had the dream, he shared it with his brothers. And now the Bible says that he went after his brothers and found them near Dothan. But they saw him in the distance, and before he reached them, notice this, they plotted to kill him. His brothers wanted to kill him because of his dream. They didn't believe in his potential. Can I tell you there's always someone or something that wants to kill your dream. There's always somebody who does not believe in your potential. Perhaps like Joseph, there's somebody in your life. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's a family member like Joseph who does not believe in your potential. And they're trying to kill your dream. Perhaps it's our spiritual enemy, Satan, who's trying to take you out in the season. Perhaps it's not our spiritual enemy, but it's the in of me What's happening inside of me? The in-a-me. Can I tell you one of the biggest hurdles that I've had to overcome in life is the in me Uh, me. My own insecurities. My own pain. Growing up in a broken home. Mom and dad divorced. I've got several half-brothers. I got a little brother and sister now, a little six or seven-year-old sister. From my dad's. Another marriage that they're not together anymore—that that's a whole other story. Almost every male that I know in my family has been to prison, except for me. Grew up with alcohol abuse, and drug abuse, and emotional abuse and sexual abuse. And the end of me, the underdog. Can I make it? Do I have what it takes? Can this dream really happen? And the Bible says in Genesis 37 and verse 19, it says, his brothers say, here comes that dreamer. They said to each other, next level church, my prayer for you is that when people see you, they go, here comes that dreamer. Here she comes again. Every time she comes to work, she's always got a dream. Every time he shows up at the family function, he's talking about this dream. He's always dreaming, always dreaming, always talking about what God's going to do. They said, here comes that dream in verse 20. Come now, let's kill him and throw him into the cister- into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. When, when, when Reuben heard this, he tried to rescue him from their hands. Let's not take his life, he said. Don't shed any blood. Throw him into this cistern here in the desert. But don't lay a hand on him. Reuben said this to rescue him from them and take him back to his father. All of his brothers wanted to kill him, wanted to destroy the dreamer. But one man named Reuben, he said, I want to keep the dreamer alive. They don't believe in his potential, but I do. And I'm going to keep the dreamer alive. I'm going to rescue him. I'm somebody's Reuben today. I'm here to tell you, come on, you can see the dream come to pass. You might be going through adversity. You might be going through trials. You might be fighting our spiritual enemy. You might be fighting the enemy. But can I tell you, God believes in you. He believes in your potential. He put all that inside of you to pull it out of you to use it for his glory. So for more changed lives, you might be an underdog today. And you got a big dream. And you're going through hell and high water. You're going through difficult days. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. You may be taking a licking, but keep on ticking. You may have lost some battles, but you won't lose the war. You may have failed, but you're not a failure. You may have made some mistakes, but you're not a mistake. You may be tired, but you're not done. You may be injured, but you're not dead. Keep trusting God. He brings dreams to pass. Father I bless you I praise you I magnify you Thank you for speaking to us today Thank you for encouraging hearts today Lord I thank you right now For encouraging people You see our potential We're an underdog But you see our potential And you believe in us And you're a God That brings dreams to pass And we praise you for it In Jesus name we pray Amen.